Hello and welcome to the Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Don Hibbard. And I'm Courtney Browns. Each week, we bring you conservation topics and events from around the endless mountains. Well, as the leaves begin to fall and frost is in the forecast for at least parts of the area, a certain percentage of our region's population is beginning to plan for their annual trip down south. But they're not the only ones headed south this winter. It seems as though many animals are packing their bags and dreaming of warmer weather as well. So let's talk about this phenomenon called migration. Migration is the large-scale moving of organisms between their summer breeding homes and winter non-breeding grounds. Of the more than 650 species of North American breeding birds, more than half are migratory. So why do birds migrate? Birds migrate to move from areas of low or decreasing resources to areas of high or increasing resources. The two primary resources being sought after are food and nesting locations. Birds that nest in the northern hemisphere tend to migrate northward in the spring to take advantage of higher insect populations, budding plants, and an abundance of nesting locations. As winter approaches and the availability of insects and other food drops, the birds move south again. The mechanisms initiating migratory behavior vary and are not always completely understood. Migration can be triggered by a combination of changes in day length, lower temperatures, changes in food supply, and genetic predisposition. For centuries, people who have kept caged birds have noticed that migratory species go through a period of restlessness each spring and fall, repeatedly fluttering towards one side of their cage. Different species of birds and even segments of the population within the same species may follow different migratory patterns. So let's focus on how birds navigate. Migrating birds can cover thousands of miles in their annual travels, often traveling the same course year after year with little deviation. First year birds often make their very first migration on their own. Somehow they can find their winter home despite never having seen it before and return the following spring where they were born. The secrets of their amazing navigational skills aren't fully understood, partly because birds combine several different type of senses when they navigate. Birds can get compass information from the sun, the stars, and by sensing the Earth's magnetic field. They also get information from the position of the setting sun and from landmarks seen during the day. There's even evidence that sense of smell plays a role, at least for homing pigeons. Some species, particularly waterfowl and cranes, follow preferred pathways on their annual migrations. These pathways are often related to important stopover locations that provide food supplies critical to birds' survival. Smaller birds tend to migrate in broad fronts across the landscape. Recent studies using eBird data revealing that many small birds take different routes in the spring and fall to take advantage of seasonal patterns in weather and food. There's a lot happening this month in Pennsylvania. During early October, there are still some neotropical migrants around. Sparrows and other seed-eating birds can also be spotted during this time. Kestrel, merlin, and peregrine falcon sightings typically peak during early October. Red-tailed and red-shouldered hawks peak later in October through November. Goshawks and golden eagles are often seen during November. 
Waterfowl also begin to trickle into the state, and northern counties will be able to see their first winter visitors from the tundra and northern forests. The fall migration may not appear as dramatic as the spring migration because most birds have lost their colorful breeding feathers, many birds are not actually singing this time of year, and the fall migration is distributed over a longer period. A couple places that are relatively close that are popular to watch the migration are Hawk Mountain Sanctuary in Kempton, PA, and the Loyal Sox State Forest in Dushore. So most people associate birds in migration, but did you know that many other species migrate as well? How about one of our native fish called the American eel? Eels are catadromous, meaning they live in freshwater rivers and spawn in the ocean. In October, mature eels swim down the Susquehanna and Delaware rivers, out of the bay, and onto the Sargasso Sea, an area of the Atlantic Ocean east of the Bahamas. Now, I mapped this actually last night, and it seems to be about 1,200 miles, at least to the spot in the Sargasso Sea where I thought um, they were talking about. But in January, the eels spawn there, then die. Tiny eel larvae drift in the ocean for roughly 9 to 12 months. During this time, larvae are transformed into the glass eel stage. Ocean currents carry the transparent glass eels thousands of miles to the U.S. coast. Before entering the bays, the glass eels become pigmented. These brown eels, called elvers, are roughly 2.5 inches long. Some elvers stay in the bay, but most continue to swim many miles up the bays, rivers, to freshwater. After a few months, the elvers transform into the adult yellow eel stage. Adults remain in freshwater rivers and streams for the majority of their lives. Once they reach maturity, then they, they return to the Sargasso Sea and spawn and die. American eels usually live for at least five years, although some eels can reach 15 to 20 years old. And while most people know about the monarch's famed trip south, another winged insect rivals the monarch migratory route. In North America, 16 of our 326 dragonflies are regular migrants. Dragonfly migrations are seen annually in late summer and early fall, when thousands to millions of insects stream southward along coasts, lake shores, and mountain ridges, from Canada down to Mexico and the West Indies, passing along both coasts of the United States and through the Midwest. Movement back north is less obvious, but we know it occurs because mature adult dragonflies appear early in spring at places where overwintering resident immatures, or nymphs, have not yet emerged. The major migratory species in North America are common green darner, wandering glider, spot-winged glider, black saddlebags, variegated meadowhawk. While we know they migrate, North American dragonfly migration is still poorly understood, and much remains to be learned about migratory cues, flight pathways, and the southern limits of overwintering grounds. In fact, if you would like to help contribute to the study of dragonfly migration, we are aware of at least three different citizen science projects where you can provide dragonfly observations and help scientists better understand this little-known event. I will post these opportunities on the website if you're interested. Well, hopefully this provided a, a better understanding of migration of birds and eels and dragonflies. And, you know, there's absolutely a lot of other animals that head south for the winter. 
Uh, but I think that does it for today's show. If you have any questions related to today's show, you can contact the Conservation District by calling 570-782-2105. If you missed a portion of today's show, you can go to our website, www.suscondistrict.org, and find our Conservation Corner page with past episodes, links to information about past episodes, and a contact form where you can reach out and ask questions or make comments about the show. You can even suggest ideas for future shows. You have been listening to the Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Courtney Bronze. And I'm Don Hibbert saying, enjoy the outdoors. <laughs>